Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Back in the days when we were doing music radio, WABC, this was a number one hit. It was a number one hit across all of America. And for many people, it introduced a man that would become a household name. He's with us now. The incredible George Benson. George Benson, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Hey, what an intro, my friend. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. It is such a pleasure to have you. Um, I've introduced, I've been telling the audience, we're going to speak with one of the greatest musicians in the world, and you you truly are. <laughs> you have had, like, I think, five or six different careers inside one career, right? So you st- <laughs> that is true, right? and all unexpectedly so. <laughs> well, you started playing started at seven years old, right? That's exactly right. I was working in the nightclub when I was seven years old. I can't believe it now when I look back, but I remember it viv- vividly being on a bandstand and people throwing money up at me. You know, so so it happened. <laughs> wow! And then now, when I first became aware of you, it was when you had signed on to CTI. It was later on that I learned that you had done other records before that with like Lonnie, uh, with Lonnie Liston Smith, with Jack the Amazing Jack McDuff. So before CTI, you had signed, which was an amazing label. I the thing that people I think will probably that bought some of your records then and records from other CTI artists in that age of vinyl will remember. CTI had the most amazing album covers of any of the labels. It was they did right. His name was Peter Turner, and he used to do incredible things. He would go to Africa and uh, places where no man had been unless you were a black tribesman, and he would bring his cameras with him, and he'd walk toward them, and they never saw him or a camera before. And he would take pictures and then turn them into artwork, and that's how dangerous, you know, how how dangerous he thought when he went out to to do his art. But they made for the most interesting album covers, also. And you played with some of the, I mean, Freddie Hubbard, Stanley Tarantine. I remember listening. Robert Washington to, Jr. Hubert <laughs> Laws. That's right. And uh, uh, Ron Carter. Oh. Right. So what was this like? Hancock. Oh. It it was amazing because in my imagination it just was it seemed impossible. But when I moved to New York, they started calling me. And as much as I didn't want to be a sideman, it was the caliber of musicians that they were calling that I couldn't resist. So I would go to the studio and record and those records would become hits. And so I became important to the record companies. And they decided they were going to sign me as an individual artist, and that's what changed my life. Wow. So let's move there to this, because time is so short. What I would love to do is spend an hour with you or, or more and just go through the history of George Benson, because your story is just one of the most amazing stories. I mean, you have worked with so many of the greats because you are one of the greats. When you look at the songwriters that you work with, like all the Rod Temperton songs that you did. Now, people that don't know, wow. when I say Rod Temperton, right, people who write, okay, think Thriller, Michael Jackson, think Love yeah. Times Love, George Benson, think all of the songs that have the Heat Wave songs, because that's where he originated, that's where he came to light with Heat Wave, 
right? And so yes, always and forever. Always and forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and you know it, the song "Give Me the Night" mm-hmm. was the last thing we did on the "Give Me the Night" album. And I was on my way home from Los Angeles. I had been there in the studio every day for a month with Quincy Jones. He did not have that song then. And on the way home, I was getting ready to get in the cab and go to the airport. He said, George, we got one more song. I said, no, I can't do it. I'm going home to be with my kids. <laughs> and I went to the studio anyway, and we recorded the song, Give Me the Night, which became a super smash. That was, yes. But your first super smash record was Breezing. And that record, oh, and that record. I, You know what? There are some records you remember where you were the first time you heard it. That was my experience with with the Breezing album, but it was this masquerade that I heard first. And I remember exactly where I was when I heard it the first time because that song just blew everybody's mind. And you know, it was the only it was the only uh vocal in an instrumental album. So the record company was reluctant to putting it out. But everybody we played it for said, Man, when are you gonna put that out? They said, We're not, we're not gonna put it out. And they said, What? And pretty soon we had to put it out. And instantly it went straight to the top of the charts and became record of the year. And became record of the year. And, and your album, that was just a Grammy Award winning album. I think you won two Grammys on that album. We won three the first year for me alone and two more, one for the engineer and one for the producer. So we had five Grammys for that one album, which became record of the year for this masquerade. We were on our way to a career that we never imagined. I never ended, never thought I would end up recording with the incredible Frank Sinatra and people like that, and Tony Bennett and uh, and all the other guys that I worked with, you know, who, who were the top of the at the the music scale. If you were just associated with those guys, you were considered great. So I finally made the uh, the contact. Mr. Sinatra called me up and asked me if I would record with him. Could I say no? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then, of course, now you've won 10 Grammys yourself, not not including everyone else that's been associated with you. That's I mean, right. Let me ask you a question. You've been playing music all of your life. Does it get tired? Does it get routine? Or do you, what is it to you now when you play? For me, music is like breathing. It's something I do. It's not breathing now. Breathing. <laughs> this time it's breathing. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, it's something I've always done, and it's as natural as breathing, because when I wake up in the morning, I think music. When I'm going to bed at night, I think of something I can do in the music world the next day. So I'm already started, uh, you know, in the new thoughts for tomorrow. So music is definitely uh, the first thing on my list. You won another Grammy for a song called Being With You. Now, one of my best friends in the world, he's like a brother to me, Omar Hakim, was the composer of that song. In fact, I talked with Omar today. He's out um, rehearsing with the Foo Fighters for the uh, Taylor Hawkins special gig that they're doing, and Omar says to give you his best. Um, That song, that album, another Grammy award-winning album. Just That's right. But you have had so much. You know, he was with me. Uh, he used to come to Harlem, and he wanted to sit in with all of the, you know, the, the hip musicians at that time. He was a youngster then. He was very young. And uh, one day he came to me with this tune. He had he had graduated into the big time. 
I can't remember what orchestra he played to. It was one of the top bands in the world at the time. Weather and he Report. Was still young and pop. Weather Report. So he had hit the big time already. And he came to the studio when I was recording, and he said, I got this song, George. I said, man, let's check it out. We recorded it maybe once or twice, and it won a Grammy. And I never understood why. When I listen to it today, I understand why. We kept the simplicity. The melody held up, and the musicianship was outstanding. Not just me, the other people on the record. So we had us another Grammy Award. I listen to that record today, and, and that's exactly what I say. This record has stood the test of time. By the way, so has Affirmation. I can't still, when I listen to Ronnie Foster playing on that, it's just like, whoa. This, that, it, it's classic. Everything about that record, everything, and so many others that you made. And then you, you've, you've had records with Al, the record you did with Al Jarreau. And I mean, and I'm so happy you got a chance to work with him. Al Jarreau to me is still one of the most, I know he has yeah. been, I, I was surprised to me when Al Jarreau passed away, it was just like day of mourning because he was such an amazing artist. And I don't think he ever re received the the credit that he deserved because of the great musician that he was and the great singer that he was and the, and the particular vernacular that he had when he sang was different than anybody else's. And I right. always thought that he never received what he should have received during his lifetime, but I enjoyed working with him. We did a tour, something we knew we would always do one day. And we say, I guess it's about time. Let's go out there and get them. And we did. We had a fabulous tour together. Now, and by the way, you have a line of guitars for anybody that's interested. I, I was looking at your website and your guitar, the line of guitars that you have. And so have you been playing? Are those good? What about those guitars? Do they produce the <laughs> same kind of sound that you produce? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I was a kid, I looked through a window and I saw a guitar and I said, man, I got to have that guitar, but I couldn't afford it. So many years later, when when Ibanez, that's the name of the company, yep. asked me to, uh, you know, they wanted me to join their company. I said, well, you make great guitars, but you don't have any originals. They said, you have any ideas? I said, I certainly do. So I created two guitars, the GB20 and the GB10. The GB10 took off like a firecracker, at, you know, in interest. At first, they were skeptical because it was a different size and had a lot of differences. Now it's become the standard in, in the music world for guitar players. That's just amazing. This is what I said. This man has so many different careers wrapped in one. Uh, <laughs> look, you're going to be performing. Uh, time's running out. Let me just tell people, first of all, if you're going to see, if you were planning to see, uh, George Benson on Wednesday the 10th at Sony Hall. Forget about it. Tickets are sold out. However, going fast. So if you want to see them, you're going to have to get your tickets really fast. Sunday the 14th of August, you're going to be playing at the Seaside Heights Beach Stage out of beautiful Seaside Heights, New Jersey, right? Yes, I look forward to it. And so if you want to take a trip out to Seaside Heights, not far, go out to Seaside Heights. Enjoy the day and then hang around for the show. It starts at 6 o'clock and, and see this amazing musician. George Benson, thank you so much. I wish, again, I want, to, I want to get in touch with your people. I'd love to do about an hour long just with your history as a podcast. <laughs> it's possible one day. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, George Benson. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York, James Golden, A.K. Stern. We're coming back. More of your calls right after this.